<laughs> Hallelujah. Say, my best days are ahead of me. Say, I'm going home different today than you are. Anyway, get in your Bible, go to Psalm 23. If you're a visitor here, strap your seats, strap your seat belts in. We'll be at altitude in a few minutes and you can take your mask off. Glory to God. <laughs> I'm not making fun of you. I really am not. Psalm 23 is a psalm written for the church age. That's what it's in the Bible for. The Psalm 22 in the Bible starts off reading this way. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What do you think that psalm's about? His death, burial, and resurrection. That's what that psalm is about. Then what do you think Psalm 24 is? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's talking about the millennial reign. So where's 23? It's right dead in the middle. Psalm 23 is the church age psalm. It's written for you, a Christian in the world today. It starts off this way. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't have any wants. Now listen, when he walked the earth, he was a shepherd. He died and rose from the dead, and he has become the shepherd of the sheep. We're called sheep in his fold. It starts off by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, and I don't have any wants. The Bible says, my God, Philippians 4.19, shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Now, that's grace, not works. Listen to what I'm going to say right now. There is a lot of stuff that has happened to you and for you that did not come through your brain or your job. The Lord Jesus has been providing for you since the day you were born again. And he has been supplying your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. There have been things happening to you since you got saved beyond you. They're coming from glory and they're a gift. The Lord, he is your shepherd and you don't have any wants. He's already provided everything you'll ever need from this time forward for eternity. He's already provided it. And He's already set you up to receive it and walk into the light of it. I want you to say this, my best days are ahead of me. The Lord is your shepherd. Now that means there's more than one of you watching you. You might think you got this pasture thing down, but there's someone bigger than you taking care of you. He's making sure you're getting the water you need, the grass you need, the food you need, the rest you need, the healing you need, the friendships you need, the love you need. And he's providing all. He says, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches. And that means that heaven ain't lacking nothing. And so when he's looking for something to do for you, he's not looking to you and he's not looking to the earth he's looking for his riches and glory and bestowing it on you based on grace and not on your performance he's got things he's been doing and he's got things he's fixing to do for you that you have never seen before Amen. you know you didn't get you here Amen. he got you here but left up to us we'd be in a mess left up to him 
our future looks good. You know, sheep are not real bright animals. About all we've ever gotten out of us is a bunch of, eh. all right. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't have a want, I don't have a care. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters and he restores my soul. He is leading me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Let me, let, let me talk to you for just a moment about this and I'm gonna help you out with something. None of you are where you are now because of you. I know you had plans of where you would be today, but you missed it. All of the things you thought you'd be doing now, you're not. And some of the things you thought you'd never do, you are. Some of you have actually missed God and he took you and turned you around and brought you back to the paths of righteousness. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, you're in the valley. You are in the world. We're going to get there in a minute. But it's not changing God. It's not stopping God at all. You know, funny thing about us, we have a lot of good ideas. See, when I left Ramah, I was an evangelist. I never made it. When I left Ramah, I was moving to Georgia. I never made that either. I never heard of a paca. I didn't know there was a place called Apaca anywhere on the planet. But I found out that it's the center of anywhere you want to be. It's the hilly country of Florida. Did you know Florida has hills? Did you know the best place to live in the whole state of Florida is Apopka? There are springs and hills and valleys. This, if you live in Apopka, stay. Because everything else is flat and ugly. And I know y'all think that you got your life planned, but you know what? You just go ahead and just make it all, just make your plan. And then there came God. But, but yet he's got a path Better than anything you could ever think of. Anything. He's got things for you. It's so good you hadn't thought of. Them. But I got news for you. When you're on your deathbed, you'll look back and go, he's been good to me. And he's been better to me than I deserved. Anyway, I never knew Lisa lived in Orlando. I was going through some trouble in Tulsa. And God was going, if you saw what I got ahead of you, You'd be happy. And I moved here in despair, married Lisa, and got out of it. Never mind, y'all didn't understand a thing I just said. <laughs> Boy, Heavenly Father, you said that we would raise the dead. I'm asking you for that anointing to come upon me right now. Verse 4 is where I want to go. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. You're with me. Your rod and staff comfort me. One of the things the Spirit of God began to deal with me about was the fact that you and I, every day of our life, are very aware of demonic activity. I'm aware of it. How many of you have ever woke up and thought, there's trouble all over the place? I want you to get over it because it's going to be here and with you until you die. Now, we're going to get in the fact that it's not going to rule you, but it's here. Right now, you and I are living in a world, oh, very different 
then Ozzie and Harriet, leave it to Beaver, and, and, um, and the Fonz. I got to drive um, Steve's Tesla the other day. I have to tell you all, I sinned. I hadn't been anything that would halfway fast since I got saved. When God told me to give my Supersport 396 with a 7 meter dual line Holland 410 Pulse Traction up, 12 second street legal quarter mile vehicle that make you sit back and think about where you're going. God got me a 65 Chevrolet pickup truck and I drag race still, but no one knew it. So the other day, and I got in that Tesla, and I went, I wonder if this thing will do what they say it'll do. Well, Steve and me and Ashley and Reagan found out that it will. <laughs> and I did not do 100. I did 99. Oh. <laughs> I went, oh, my God. But anyway, anyway, I'm not sure, quite sure I'm ready to plug in my car in. But anyway, is this too strong for y'all? Is this too much? I, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of looking at y'all going, help me with this crowd. Jesus, help me with them. I'm aware that there is demonic activity around me. I'm aware there's death. I see it every day. I'm aware there's sickness. I see it every day. I am aware that there is despair and despondency and grief and sadness. I see it every day. So do you. We're watching it. I'm aware it's on television. I'm aware it's all around us. He said, we will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And those demonic influences are going to be here until he comes and removes them. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But what do we do about that? What do we do about it? One of the things that God doesn't want us to do is to focus on it. Now, Psalm 91, I'm going to go over there, and I want to read this to you. I think sometimes we, want to, we think faith denies problems. It does not. Faith doesn't deny the existence of the devil, poverty, sickness, unforgiveness, strife and division. doesn't deny it. It denies its right to rule us. Psalm 91 says, No evil, verse 10, will befall you, nor will any plague come near your dwelling. He has given his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways, and in your hands they'll bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample under your feet. Oh, he's there. Oh, he's there. But he's not ruling over us. He's not right. Jesus defeated the devil and placed you and I back here in the earth. All right, there's another one, in, and I'm not going to turn over there. It's in the book of Luke. It says, we'll trample on serpents and scorpions and over all of the work of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. So what are scorpions anyway? What is a scorpion? 
Scorpion's just a little pesky little thing that bites you or wants to sting you and g g g g g g g g g g g g How many of you have ever had little, just, I mean during the day, just stuff irritates you? I mean, eh, eh. That's scorpions. People talking. Running their mouth. What about unforgiveness? When's the last time the devil said, you did this and you did that and you did this and you did that? I know none of nobody in here. I mean, it's like he don't let us alone. You're never going to make it. You're never going to make it. You're never going to make it. You did failed here and you failed there and you failed here. and you did. It's just scorpions. And they're around us. Well, what are we going to do about it? Well, the Bible says that we will trample them. There it is. I give you authority to trample serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. Yea, though I walk through the valley. All right, go back to Psalm 23 because I want you to read the next one. The next one is where we're going. You've prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Go with me to 2 Samuel. Don't lose your place here. We're coming back. That's what that ribbon is in your Bible for. Mine has two because it's a pastor's Bible. They expect I'm going to use two scriptures. They should have put 20 in there. 2 Samuel 9. I've read this before, but Kenneth Hagin and Mark Hankins has redeemed me from the fear of repetition. Since you didn't get it the first time I read it, let me read it again. And even if you did get it, reading it again will do you good. We're going to look at Mephibosheth. Chapter 9, verse 1, David said, Is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now, who is Saul and who is Jonathan? Well, Saul was the king before David, and Saul is a type of Adam. Saul failed. Saul lost his kingdom. Saul lost his anointing. Jonathan is Saul's son. That would be you. Or Mephibosheth. So Jonathan sees that God is about to anoint David in the place of his dad. Rather than than Jonathan to get mad about it, like Saul did, he said, Wait a minute, if God's going to anoint David and he is going to be the king, rather than me fight David, why don't I cut a covenant with David and get in on the deal? You understand? Now listen, God already walked away from Moses and the law and he turned around and he gave the covenant to a guy named the Lord Jesus Christ. Rather than Adam fighting with God, why doesn't Adam just go ahead and get in on the gig with Jesus and get under the same covenant God made with the Lord Jesus Christ? So Jonathan does that and he cuts a covenant with David. So now Jonathan, though he should have been the heir of the throne, is still a part of that kingdom because he chose to get in it by blood. So now David is asking a question 
because Saul and Jonathan are gone and he asked a question based on blood covenant and this is a question God asked about you. I want you to think about what he asked about you one day. He was looking through the earth and he saw you and he asked this question. Is there, all right, listen. Is there anyone left of the house of Saul or Adam so I can be kind to them for Jesus' sake? Is there anybody in the earth that I can bless because of what Jesus did? And he was thinking of you. And he was thinking of Shirley. And he's thinking of Tim. And he's thinking of Zach. And he's thinking of Jeannie. He was thinking about us. Not anything we did. It's what he did. But he wants to be a blessing based on the blood of Jesus. Based on blood. So he asked this question. He said, and there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. And when he called to Ziba, the king said, are you Ziba? He said, at your service. And the king said, is there not someone still of the house of Saul that I can show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan who's lame in his feet. What's that mean? He's worthless. He can't go to war. He can't go to work. You know what you were when you got saved? Worthless. I know you thought you were all that, but you weren't. All sinned. All sinned. For me to live as Christ, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Everything, Daryl, forget it. If you leave and you go, have you heard Daryl? You don't want to hear Daryl. Daryl has nothing to give you. Daryl does not have any sense. But Jesus does. Now, come on, come on. I was trying to help you a little bit. I was trying to help Zach, but he, he's just over there looking at me like he's talking about myself, but I was really talking about Zach. And Amber. And Lisa. And Betty Mae. And Kenneth Copeland. See, folks, listen, we all, we, 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 we all bombed. You know, the, Adam, the race of Adam is a complete failure. Don't, 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 don't tell me about you being Italian. I could care less. I'm Puerto Rican. Who cares what island you were born on? I'm Mexican. Well, that ain't saying nothing. Get, get over your flesh. Your flesh is no good thing. That's why God's going to kill it and leave it here. Never mind. Never mind. Y'all, y'all are so, in the name of Jesus, y'all are fun to preach to. I'm going to tell you right now, in the name of Jesus. Father, help me with my faith. Give me great faith. And the king said, verse, verse 4, so the king said, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, he's in my car, the son of Amiel, down in Bethlehem. Now, I said that because you don't know where Lodibar is, but y'all know where Bethlehem is. Everybody goes, Bethlehem? What good could come out of Bethlehem? But you see, when he said that in the Bible, they knew that is the slums of the city. He lived in the place where all the worthless people live. He said, well, you go get him. God does not care whether you were worthless or not. Come on, y'all. 
in Lodibar, right Bithlow in your Bible, now you have Revelation. You people that are watching online, you'll have to ask, you'll have to look it up. It's junkyards and mobile homes. Anybody that has junk in their yard, that's Bithlow. They call it cars, but they don't run anymore. <laughs> and they start selling parts off of it and call it a business. Okay, never mind. Now, verse 6, now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated, and David said, Mephibosheth called him by his name. And he answered, said, here's your servant. What do you think he's thinking? David has been my sworn enemy all of my life. He is the reason I'm lame. You know, when people are not saved, they think God is the bad guy. They feel the condemnation. That's why some of y'all, it was so hard to get you to come to church. You thought you were going to meet a bad God. You came in and found a good one. You were like, this is not what I expected. David said, do not fear. I will show you kindness for Jonathan's, your father's sake, and I'm going to restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and I'm going to give you everything Adam lost in the garden. Amen. Somebody look at me and say amen. amen. I'm going to give you everything Adam lost. Glory to God. Y'all ready for a good scripture? Just don't, don't lose your place there. I got another one I want to go to. What does it say in Romans 5.17? Pop that on the screen. Romans 5.17. If you can get there. I'm dropping bombs on her up there, and she, I don't know whether she's ready for me or not. Maybe I better turn there myself. It's okay. Look at this. For if by one man's offense, Adam, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace, say me, and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. You see, right now you are, you are in the earth, but you're not part of this earth. Now, the politicians already know you're not a part of the world system. That's why they're trying to kick you out of it. And we're going to give it to them after the rapture for a short while. I am looking for someone to take this church if you'd like to volunteer after we're gone. I know Zach won't be here, so anyway, he'll be gone, so we can't do that. So David said, verse 7, do not fear, I'm going to show you kindness for Jesus' sake, and I will restore to you right now on this earth all the land of Adam, your grandfather, and you're going to eat bread at my table continually. Now, he made a statement in the 23rd Psalm that, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll, you'll fear no evil, for I will make a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You and I may be in the world, and we may be in a world that's fallen, but Jesus has not left you without. He spread a table for you right here in the earth that you can belly up to anytime you want. 
Now, we're going to finish reading this, and I want you to think about that as we go. I want you to see what he says. And he bowed himself and looked at your servant. He said, why would you look on a dead dog like me? Why are you doing this for me? Did you ask that when you got saved? I did. The day I got born again, I had no idea why God was treating me like I had done no wrong. I could not comprehend it. I walked in a crusade, and I'm going to tell y'all, I was G, D, and M, and F, and all the way there. And I walked in, and he had mercy on me. And I left born again, sins washed, filled with the Holy Ghost, and treating me like I had never done a thing wrong. I did not know how to handle this. I thought, he'll get over it in a day or two. Everyone else does. Week after week turned into months and turned into years. And he's still showing me kindness for Jesus' sake. And I'm blessed coming in. And I'm blessed going out. And Abraham's blessings are mine. And he has made unto me wisdom and sanctification and redemption because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And he forgives every iniquity. And he heals every disease. And he's prepared a table for me in the presence of... I'm in the earth. I'm in the earth. But I've got a table spread by the Almighty God with healing on it. And forgiveness on it. And righteousness on it. And redemption is on it. And love is on it. And acceptance is on it. And I can belly up to it anytime I want to, day or night, and go in there and get at the table of Almighty God as though... Oh, I was a king's son and, 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 and eat when I want to eat and be blessed when I want to be blessed it has nothing to do with the world that I'm living in and all of the demonic activity around me the devil's got to sit back and watch me belly up to the table of almighty God and get healed when I'm sick get forgiven when I mess up get joy when I ain't got none get peace when I don't have it and I mean God will meet all of my needs and the devil's sitting back and just watching me and going, my God, how do we stop this guy? Well, he wants you to get your eyes off the scorpions and get them on the table. He said, there is a devil, but there's a table. I'm trying to get you to the table. I want you to belly up. Now, I'm not talking about your belly right now. I'm talking about you bellying up. You're going to eat bread at my table continually. Not once, not twice. Morning, noon, and night, and if you come in the middle of the afternoon, there's still bread on that table. If you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and wake up and you need something from the table of God, you can go in the kitchen and there's still food and there's still anointing. There's still peace and joy sitting on the table of God. God has invited you into the king's table. We're talking about Mephibosheth is eating at David's table. David is the king. There ain't no lack at David's table. There ain't no lack of joy at David's table. There's no lack of joy at Jesus' table. There's no lack of peace at Jesus' table. There's no lack of fellowship at Jesus' table. 
You may wake up in the morning and go, this is a bad day. Go to the kitchen. <laughs> y'all, y'all just, God, this is good. You like this, Adam? This is okay. This is not the first Adam. This is the second Adam right there. Now, now look, look at what he said. Now, y'all want you to understand something. He's not talking to Mephibosheth. He's talking to you. You are Mephibosheth. Therefore, verse 10, your sons and your servants will work the land for him. Who's working the land for you? Have you ever read in Psalm 91 that he has given his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways? And they are ministering spirits sent to minister for those that are heirs of salvation. They are sent to minister in your behalf. To bring in what Jesus did for you apart from you. You say, well, I want to raise. Well, put your, put your uh, unemployed angel to work. Let's talk about prosperity a moment. My God will meet all of my needs according to whose riches? And say nothing in there about my job. There's a lot of stuff. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and he gave it to the sons of men. This is your planet. Listen, ladies, the diamonds are yours. They're your diamonds. You say, well, I don't have any of them. Well, you might want to start talking to them. There's some gold out there too. I always wondered why in the garden God said, Adam, here's the fruit trees. Adam, here's this. Adam, here's that. Eve, and the gold's over there. And I understand I'm married. I know exactly why he said that to Eve. Because when we went to St. Thomas, I, made, I took Lisa down to the, what's that, what's that place we went? The, she's she's going to plead the Fifth Amendment right now. She's, What is it? Shyla Amali. Charlotte Amani. Amali. Man, you've never seen so many diamond, gold, jewelry stores in your life. And all Lisa could see was discount. She saved us thousands of dollars. That's not true. That is the truth. She did save us lots of money. She came out and she goes, I have saved us lots of money. And I'm going, hallelujah. <laughs> but she has one good husband and one very good God. I have faith in, unless she looked at me, she said, have faith in God. And I said, I'm using my faith right now. I'm using my faith. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Men, if you want to look good, dress your wife up. Because when people are looking at you, they want to see how your wife dresses. Ladies, I'm going to help you if you'll just let me. You see, when I go to Copeland's, they're not impressed when I walk in until they see Lisa and then they go, that's a good man. So I take her everywhere I go, but I make sure she's looking good. I want them earrings swinging and throwing light everywhere. You want that too? Amen. Amen. We in agreement? Amen. All the women are like, pay attention, honey. <laughs> so when Jesus fixed up his bride, did he do good? Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. His bride looked good. Let me just finish reading this. Verse 10, therefore your sons and daughters shall work the land 
and bring in the harvest, and your master's son will have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, will eat bread at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants, and Ziba said to the king, According to all that my lord the king has commanded, so will your servant do. And as for Mephibosheth, said the king, he'll eat at my table like a king's son. Say, that's me. Yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But who cares? Now, I'm saying all this because you're watching TV right now. You are hearing a lot about the shadow of death. So I have a prophecy, and I'm not trying to take anybody off. Someone said the other day, what should we do with Fauci? Give him COVID and send him to hell. Forever. Let him cough for eternity. No, 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 that didn't go over real well. But it's my opinion. There's a lot of folks on this planet right now that, are, that, that when they die, they're in for a very rude awakening. There's a God, and it will not be a good day. There's a God, as good as God is, he's severe. You meet him in the blood, good. Without blood, you won't like it. We talk a lot about his goodness. Don't meet him on the other side. They're mine. Mephibosheth had a son whose name was Ziba, Micah, and who dwelt in the house of Ziba with servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, and he ate continually at the Lord's table, and he's lame in both feet. He's lame in both feet. Folks, listen, God's not doing what he's doing because you're ready, because you're all that. You've never been all that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I talked a while ago about the devil. I'm very aware that I'm dealing with sickness all the time. I deal with scorpions. I deal with bad thoughts. I deal with my past. I deal with failure. Do you? We all do. You know what they are? They're just pesky, stinging little bugs. And we all deal with it. If you don't watch it, you'll start paying attention to them. God doesn't want you paying attention to them. He wants you to pay attention to the table. Psalm 103. He forgives all of my iniquities. He heals all of my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. Crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. So my youth is renewed like an eagle. Say, He forgives all of my iniquities. He forgives all of my iniquities. He forgives all of my iniquities. Let me tell you something. There's forgiveness at the table. If you have not had any lately, if you've missed up, if you've messed up, if you've messed up, come to the table of God and have you a big old loaf of forgiveness and get all of your sins washed away and walk out of the house of God. There's a communion table and there's forgiveness at the communion table. Glory to God. There's blood at the table. There's blood at the table. There are days when I wake up and I go, where is my grape juice and crackers? I know y'all think I'm a pastor and never missed it, but I have missed it at least twice. And I lie sometimes on Sunday morning, so, you know. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you 
for the communion table. And we've made healing an instant miracle. It's not always an instant miracle. Sometimes it's a process. But healing is on the table. You can go and go, I need healing. I need my body to feel better. My God, really seriously, God. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, I was reading, Lisa was reading his book the other day, died at 80, what, seven? Had the body of a 60-year-old man, and all of his teeth in his head were perfect. Now, I read where Moses at 120, his eye had not baited, and he still had his guns. 87. Come on, baby. I've been hitting it, but I mean, man, I mean, Moses fired me up. Somebody had to fire me up. I mean, in there, Lisa's reading Moses. Moses went 120, baby. Come on, y'all. God, our best days are ahead of us. See, goodness and mercy will follow me. Man, I'm telling you, he didn't say, it'll get to 67 and it's going to start. Mercy's going to take a vacation then. And goodness, you know, because you're going to get you an old angel. I ain't got no old angel. I got a young angel. Now, now listen, now listen. Why am I saying this? Why am I saying this? I want to tell you all a story right now, and it's a true story. What you think about very, very, very important what you think about. You're either, you're either focusing on the table or you're focusing on, on the devil. You, but listen, you don't, don't pretend like, well, I just wish all your problems would quit. I just wish all your problems would quit. Wait a minute. The problems ain't going to quit. Just get your eyes. Just stop thinking about them. It's not that big of a Satan's defeated. All right. Now, why am I saying all this? I'm going to tell you a story. The other day, I'm listening to this. I'm watching all this, and I'm, and I'm reading Andrew Womack's book on imagination. And then I'm on Facebook, and I hear a story. There's a man that years ago came up, and was, they were going to execute him, uh, and they were going to electrocute him, and he's on death row. He's on death row. They're going to kill him. And they said, we want to do an experiment on you. You have a choice to die violently or to die easy. Which one do you want? And he said, well, tell me, tell me. You know, because they're going to kill him. And they said, well, first of all, there's electrocution, but we have a new one. We want to put a valve in you and bleed you to death slowly. And he went, well, I'll, let, me, let me do the valve. And they put a valve in him, in his veins, and they, and they put a drip, and they, they locked him in the chair, locked his legs in the chair. So he couldn't see anything. And he's sitting there listening to the blood drip, 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 drip out of his body. But what they didn't tell him, they turned the blood flow off. And they had water drip, drip, drip. What do you think happened to him in an hour? He died. He had all of the symptoms of bleeding to death. He had all the symptoms and his imagination killed him. I, they told him we want to do an experiment. He, he killed himself. 
What do you think is going on in your head when the devil is going drip, drip, drip? You did this and you did that and you did this and you didn't do that and you did this wrong and you did that wrong. What do you think he's doing? He's in your head. Yeah, though I, yeah, we're walking. Look, folks, listen. We're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but the shadow of a dog never bit nobody. We have been given authority over all of the work of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm me. I mean, you can zip, zip, zip if you want to, but I'm bellying up to the table and I'm going, he forgives all of my iniquities. He heals all of my diseases and he redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. I'm eating at the Lord's table. Say, that's good preaching. Say, for a young man. If Kenneth Copeland can keep his hair black, I can keep my hair. This is good. I will prepare a table for you. There's a table prepared by God for you. And you can have anything on it any time you want it. If you'll pull up to it. Now, it's up to you. Now, how am I doing for time? Oh, good. Awesome. Glory to God. Go back to Psalm 23. I'm not anywhere near done. Give me a... Give me a there's a tissue. So far, so good. You prepare a table before me in the presence of every devil of hell. You've anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life. Look at this one. And I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How long? Forever. How long? Forever. All right, now I'm going to tell you all a little story, and you may not believe what I'm going to say. I married Lisa a month ago, mm-hmm. and I was 30 a year ago. Amen. How many of you know what I just said? Yes. Mm-hmm. Good God. I, don't know. I, I mean, it's like there was a woman one time, a man on their anniversary, and, and, and his wife said, What? was your favorite thing about being married to me all these years? And he said, sleeping with you. She goes, oh. And he knew she misunderstood. And he says, let me rephrase my answer. Honey, I meant when you were asleep. (laughs) Never mind, I'm just mad. I'm just... (laughs) Okay. I got that from the fact that time seems short because you've already slept a third of your life away. And you work the other third of it. Have you ever noticed how fast time's moving? How long do you think it's going to be until the rapture takes place? 
I don't know, but I'm going to tell you this. It won't be that long. And did you know there's coming a day soon we will not turn on a TV and there won't be one idiot on it. And I'm, I watch this and I go, there's coming a day we'll never see you again. Man, I'm going to tell you, Jesus come back and I'm going, oh, glory to God. We will look for them and they will not be found. Soon. And very soon, we're going to see the king. Folks, that's not that far away. There's coming a day soon, very soon. You and I are going to be walking around all of a sudden. Whoop! We're going to hear a big whoop trumpet. And we're going to go, I think this is it. <laughs> Folks, man, you guys. I think, they, oh, I think I'm getting a little older. I'm starting to think about it. Every one of us in this room have got family over there. And soon, you're going to see them. Soon, we're going to meet them again, and they're going to run. We're going to have a party. We're going to have a party. And every once in a while, when I'm reading the 23rd Psalm, I get to the bottom and I go, <laughs> someday soon there won't be a Democrat or Republican screwing anything up. There won't be any more liars, and nobody will be worried about no mask or no COVID nowhere. The king of glory is coming in, sitting down at the right on a throne over in Jerusalem. And, ooh, oh, come on, y'all. And I think every once in a while, we need to go back to talking again about heaven. Because we're not that far away. It's not that far away. Now, I'm not going this week. I'm not going to die this week. I'm not going to die next week. Because ain't nobody getting my guns, my wife, or my pickup truck. <laughs> not necessarily in that order. Your imagination is powerful. What you think about is very powerful. God has given me an assignment this morning to get your mind off of the world and what's going on. And you get it back on what he said. You pull this book out. You pull your scriptures out. He forgives my iniquities. He heals my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. He's crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yes. If God is for me, who can be against me? The prayers of a man in right standing with God makes tremendous power available. And he has blessed me with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, belly up. This morning, belly up. I want, you to, I want you to confess some scriptures with me, please. He's given you health. He's given you peace. He's given you joy unspeakable and full of glory. 
He's given you wisdom. He said, I've made unto you wisdom. It's at the table. He's given you grace for he gives more grace. He has given you prosperity. He has given you forgiveness of sin. He has loved you with an everlasting love. He has accepted you in the beloved. He's given you a future and a hope. He's given you deliverance. He's given you the blessings. And he's always causes you to triumph in Christ Jesus. So I was going to read a little bit out of Ephesians and then turn this over to Lisa and let you go home and have a good day. And I'm going to believe God that you got something out of this today, even though your faith still does not look that good. No, I'm teasing you. I'm really teasing you. You're going to have to choose the table. Choose the table. It's for you. Mephibosheth could have stayed away from David's table. Talk about all of his problems. But there's always food on it. There's always acceptance. There was always love there. Right now, you have a choice what you do every day of your life. The table of the Lord or the world. Blessed be the God and the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Say this, has blessed me. With every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. He chose me in Him before the foundation of the world. That I would be holy and without blame before Him in love. He predestined me to adoption as a son according to His good pleasure. To the praise of His glory in which He made me. Accepted in the beloved. In him I have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace, which he made abound toward me, having made known to me the mystery of his will. Look at verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times he may gather together in one all things, and which are in heaven and earth in him. And for all eternity, he will show you his goodness. How long? Forever. Can you imagine, can your mind imagine that every day in heaven will get better forever? <laughs> See, if you think like that, you can't be sad right now. You can. Someone said, there was a little boy. Y'all remember the little boy that, uh, what's his name, Burpo? What's his, Bur, his name Burpo? Sounds funny. Todd Burpo? Colton. Colton Burpo. After Colton came back from the dead, Colton was running through the parking lot. And his dad hollered and said, Colton, stop. Don't you know you could get hit by a car and die? And Colton went, cool. How do you tell a kid who's been to heaven that dying is bad? <laughs> it's not. It's the beginning. Father God, I want to thank you for this morning. I pray over everybody the sound of my voice right now. If they're not saved, they would be. If they're not in fellowship with God, they would be.
I pray everyone in this room right now at the sound of my voice would turn their eyes off the world and turn around to the table you've prepared for us in the earth. Our best days are ahead of us. You have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You've blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Everything we'll ever need has been provided by the blood of Jesus and it's laid out on our table. And you place that in front of us in this earth. Yeah, we're walking through the valley. Yeah, we are. But if there's someone here today that in the sound of my voice walked in and said, I need to come up to that table. I'm going to say to you now in the name of Jesus, anything you want is for you. I don't care what you did before you walked in here. I don't care how bad your life is. I don't care what the doctor told you. Everything changes today. You reach up on that table and you take whatever it is you want and what you need. He said, I pray thy will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. If they're eating it up there, we can eat it here. If they're enjoying it there, we can enjoy it here. Don't allow the devil and his scorpions and his snakes to ever bite and bother you again. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. Remember the old hymn. You can sing it with me. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth shall grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Sing it one more time. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And if you've never turned your eyes on Jesus, Today's the day, and as my altar workers are coming, we want to meet Jesus in the blood. Amen. You want to meet God at the blood. And if you've never remember a time, oh, I'm saved. I know Jesus died for me. But if you don't ever remember a time saying, Jesus, come in my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Be master. I thank you personally for the blood that you shed for me. You washed all my sins away. He met you at the blood, but you've got to meet him back. Amen. You have to make We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel to our podcast to our SoundCloud and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345.
And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.